With WXPR News, I'm John Burton reporting. We now know the name of a man who died after reportedly exchanging gunfire with police just outside of Rhinelander last month, as well as the names of the officers involved. Stephen Kincaid, age 33, was found dead after a tactical unit was able to get into the home in the 1600 block of River Street in the town of Crescent. It started with two hang-up 911 calls, which led to officers conducting a welfare check. Officers involved were Oneida County Sergeant Thomas Williams, Deputy Michael Bettish, and Deputy Cole Lehman, as well as Rhinelander Sergeant Christy Conzella and Officer Grammy Biscobing. Officers determined there were two people inside the home. They were met with gunfire when they went into the home, and one of the deputies returned fire. Kincaid reportedly kept shooting at officers from the second level of the house, and gunfire was exchanged. Eventually, the second person in the residence came out and was evaluated by emergency medical services. A tactical team entered the house and located Kincaid, who was deceased. Rhinelander officers were wearing body cams, and squad cameras were also in place. The Wisconsin Department of Justice Division of Criminal Investigation is leading the investigation. Once they finish their report, it will be turned over to the Oneida County District Attorney. This February, new creative programming for neurodivergent teens and young adults is coming to the Tomahawk Public Library and the Walsall Center for the Visual Arts. It's called The Fellowship, and Tomahawk will have their first session tonight at 5 p.m. WXPR's Hannah Davis-Reed spoke with leaders of the program. When young adults leave the school system, their support structures can change pretty dramatically. There aren't as many services targeted at supporting neurodivergent young adults aged 16 to 30, and that's where Islands of Brilliance comes in. Woodzik is the statewide outreach manager for Islands of Brilliance, an organization that curates learning experiences for young people with autism. Neurodivergent and autistic folks especially, but honestly, all humans, like, need a little bit of extra support during that time. Like, what are my special interests? You know, how do I expand my network and my friend group and make those really lasting social connections? The fellowship is a free program where young people gather for creative arts-based activities and guided discussions. It's part of this larger statewide initiative called ThinkAbility Wisconsin, which aims to provide community resources for people with disabilities to address issues with transition from school to work. Deb Wall is a fellow with the Tomahawk and Wausau programs. Since this week, um, our focus is on a neighborhood, and we do a project of what is a neighborhood, what does your neighborhood look like, what would might be what you would want a neighborhood to look like, um, and then um, we all, like, create a project. So um, it, it's more of an individual hands-on project, and then we put the projects together to kind of form a community. Each week, leaders will introduce a new project. If anyone's on the fence, you know, do it. Like, make the jump. Sign up. You're going to have a good time, I promise. The fellowship is free, but make sure you register online. For WXPR News, I'm Hannah Davis-Reed. A former Tomahawk school bus driver has entered a deferred prosecution agreement that will see the case against her dropped if she completes her end of the bargain. Deborah Decker pled no contest to disorderly conduct in Lincoln County Circuit Court but saw 41 charges of false imprisonment dismissed. Police say Decker had become fed up with the conduct of students on the bus on a return route from school in January last year. Instead of taking the kids home, she decided to drive the bus back to the bus shelter. 
Under the agreement, Decker must continue counseling sessions she has already taken part in and write an apology to every family involved, which must be cleared by the district attorney's office. Decker's attorney says she will not drive a school bus again. The affected families reportedly did not want to see Decker go to jail. They wanted to ensure she got help. This story is courtesy of WAOW Television. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers has voiced skepticism about the possibility of the Republican-controlled legislature passing new legislative maps that the Democrat proposed. Evers was asked about the Republican Senate Majority Leader Devin LeMayhew floating the possibility earlier Wednesday of the Senate voting on the Evers maps. Evers says, I'll believe it when I see it. The Wisconsin Supreme Court is weighing maps submitted by Evers and others after it ruled in December the current Republican-drawn maps were unconstitutional. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer wants state lawmakers in Michigan to prioritize increased funding to education in this year's state budget. Whitmer's budget proposal unveiled Wednesday followed a state-of-the-state address last month when she announced initiatives to provide free community college for all high school students and free preschool for four-year-olds. State Budget Director Jen Flood said the $80.7 billion budget was a return to normal after COVID-era funds provided a large surplus the last few years. Republicans in both the Michigan House and Senate criticized Whitmer's budget as lacking substance and not providing real value for taxpayers. Farmers who produce the food we eat don't always get to own the land the food is grown on, including in Wisconsin. Those trying to get their operations off the ground are being given tools to ensure more certainty about where they can do the work, Mike Moen reports. More than a third of Wisconsin farmland is leased, that according to federal data. Kelly Wolfert is a farm management outreach specialist with the University of Wisconsin Extension. She suggests renting land is the only real option for new and emerging farmers. That's because current market conditions put owning property out of reach, and these individuals also have to invest in things such as new equipment, creating even bigger disadvantages. Land is very expensive when you're competing against farmers who have assets already built up that they can leverage in order to afford that land. Her team is trying to educate smaller operations about the dynamics of leasing agricultural property and what their rights are. With ownership changing hands as more family farms disappear, Wilford says it's important to make sure you have your lease in writing with clear terms. She adds that being more vocal about conservation practices you might deploy could help get a break on the cost of the rent. I'm Mike Moen. For WXPR News, I'm John Burton reporting.